How's it going, guys? Today on the cast, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Walter Grendez. He is the Academy Strength and Conditioning Coach for the Philadelphia Union. We were able to talk about how he got to where he is today, as well as his different food adventures in the new city for him of Philadelphia. The switch is fun, and it's great because you can get a bunch of people that have never played anything in their life. And they'll, they'll have a blast with it, like Super Mario or something. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. Time. So I, I got Mario Kart, I got Mario Party, like during the pandemic and quarantine. Like, uh, I, when I would stay over at my girlfriend's house, like, like we, I would play Mario Party with the with their family. Yeah, but it's like they're new to video games, and so like one Mario Party game would last four hours, which was <laughs> fun. But like at the second, we, when we're done, we're like, oh no, that's that's no, it's no second game because it's just like we're so burnt out. But it was, right. you know, it was, it was pretty fun. So like, yeah, I got like a nice little sweet setup going and uh yeah i'm just excited to finally get yeah settled in yeah that's awesome and uh how's it how's the uh you know the new gig been treating you you've been enjoying it uh yeah good i mean it's it's right now it's a little slow it's kind of like like me and my uh and my coworker were like talking like literally yesterday i'm like dude we feel like we got to do something to kind of justify <laughs> our pay that's when it's you like, know i mean it's nice to like to kick back and, and kind of get paid and you're taken care of but like I mean, um, for me coming off of like, what, like almost five, six months of unemployment. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, now I'm, I'm just getting paid and just to chill. But no, like other than that, I mean, we're, um, we have a meeting. Uh, we had a meeting yesterday, actually in person, which uh, are with one of our teams to kind of go over like the plan because we won't start training in, uh, in two weeks. So next week we're having a meeting for uh, how we're going to go over like uh, COVID protocols, like testing, gotcha. um, testing the athletes, uh, and then just going like how we're going to do bubbles for each session because uh, we bio band a lot of our sessions. Okay. So like kids play up and or, and some play down, but obviously we can't do that because we want to limit. We're going to be contact, but like limit at the like unnecessary contact. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're eliminating that, and we're just trying to find the right protocols, what to do, and go about it. And then like we can actually like how we're we going to go about our strength training sessions because we could only have X amount of like kids in the weight room. So right. we'll probably do like like you know circuit kind of style uh stuff like in the weight room like have like eight kids in the weight room um that are loud and then some of them are outside you know probably doing some like movement prep etc type of stuff for those that for those that don't know can you explain kind of how like the tiering system works at that level you're mentioning like the different age groups and like how the academy like format kind of works yeah so well previously with the with the usa uh soccer's academy yeah. Um, that was the. Are you, are you cool with us just like jumping in? This is kind of how I usually do it. I oh, no, no. Yeah, no worries. I, you know, I kind of like, I didn't know we jumped in, but like, hey, by all means, man. It's awesome. I, I don't know. I like, I'm, my big thing on this whole thing is like, just supposed to be like people having a cat conversation. Yeah, let's just, so. just let's, let's kind of like shoot yeah. shit, just, just chat. Like, exactly. Oh, I, I'm but like, some people are thrown off by it. I always like to make sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No worries, man. Um, yeah. I was going to say, um, with the USA Soccer Academy, that was like kind of like disbanded of like last year because, I mean, they're going through some stuff and then COVID was like, like finally on the coffin. Yep. It kind of varied. I know some teams had an under 23, under 19, um, but it was pretty much, I'm sorry, like a set in like an, having an under 19 and under 17s, 15s, 14s, 13s, 12s, wow. and some 11s. So that's a lot. Oh my God. That's deep. So, yeah so i can only imagine so me coming from my last club like it's just like 
so many teams like like and you only have like your only one strength coach um who also plays slash sports scientist uh but with this new format that like mls came out i believe um they uh through meetings for my last club they wanted uh just they just cared about the 17s and the 15s Okay. That's the age group that they want. But like, what do you do with the other, with the younger groups? Like, um, because beyond for me, like, I think the under 14s are just as important as the under 15s. Um, but, and then I know MLS, I believe I heard like through like the, uh, like, uh, like a conversation that they wanted like an under 23s, um, which kind of makes sense for clubs that don't have a USL or a second team or reserves team attached. Okay. They have an under 23s, but MLS kind of wanted to stamp like a, like a under 23 teams, but that's kind of hard because like that age group, it's like you have college kids like, right. and so kids are, you know, going to college and, you know, of course now they're kind of considered as, you know, pro athletes Right. But you know the whole NCAA rule, like uh, for student athlete. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. just like a gray line. So that's kind of like a finicky thing. But I know some clubs have an under twenty three teams, which I believe um, San Jose Earthquakes has a twenty three teams. Because okay. I was talking to the the head strength coach, and he told me they had an under twenty three team, and it made sense because they where, just where are they based out of? What state is that? Uh, California? So in the Bay oh, Area, yeah, they can get away with whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. So I believe <laughs> they had a USL team attached uh, to their club, but they they disbanded. Uh, they're no longer um, working in the USL. So I think that's why they. they did an under 23s team. And for us, um, our under 23 team is the union two, okay. which serves the gap between, you know, Academy to the, the first team. And, um, from what I know right now, um, we, I don't know if, you know, depending on how MLS takes everything, if we're going to have like an MLS reserve league, bring that back. And so that way, you know, all MLS clubs will play against each other. Right. You know, union will be part of that. But I, I at the moment, I kind of really don't know. Everything's still pretty much up in the air. But a lot of MLS clubs left the USL league, which was like US soccer's tier two team. Uh, I know my last club, uh, Galaxy, are uh, they announced that they're still going to be part of the USL league which I think that's good for them because, you know, their conference um, in that region, I mean, they got some quality opponents, uh, which is good for those kids because they can play against some quality, uh, yeah, opponents. Like, I believe, you know, Phoenix Rising, uh, Orange County Soccer Club. Like, yeah, those are pretty, like, top-notch clubs to to play against. But, yeah, for for at the moment, um, yeah, that's kind of like uh, the tier system. Yeah, we have under-17s, the older kids, under-15s. Uh, 14s, 13s, and then 12s. And then we actually have like a pre-academy, which, um, you know, this is more like, you know, they have like the the under nines, the 10s, the 11s, more the little kids. It's more, um, it is structured, but um, it's like, it's more open to the public. Whereas like, you know, with the actual, once you kind of like, you do get scouted, but it's just more open to the public. And then yeah. it's um, as like, you know, you go into the academy, you actually have to like either get scouted or try out, but right. which that's actually pretty cool. So um, it's kind of nice that we have a, a big facility to kind of uh, facilitate all those teams. Yeah, no, that's wicked cool. So the the U twenty three team is kind of acting like like a developmental team almost. Yeah, yeah, like they might swing up almost. Yeah, yeah, it's still uh, it's still uh, a developmental. Like a lot of our under seventeens will play up, 
to the under 23 slash, you know, union two. And then a lot of those guys will actually play up if they get called up to the first team. Gotcha. So, I mean, like guy, if, like it's a guy that's not getting a lot of minutes in the first team. He'll get like, you know, kicked down to the under 23s or the, the reserves teams to get some kind of play minutes to kind of continue to develop. But yeah, that's kind of like where we bridge the gap between uh, both teams, but they're actually, so the union two, uh, and our first team, they're in Chester. Um, so, and we are in Wayne. So yep. kind of believe, yeah, different, different cities, different counties, I believe. Cause I'm yep. still trying to get familiar with, with all the county <laughs> like here. Uh, so how you've been driving out there, the roads are a little weird in, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, you know, uh, it's not too bad. It's just a lot of one way streets and <laughs> going to work. It's yeah. literally the freeway. It's only two lanes. So I can understand that traffic gets backed up, but you know, nothing beats LA like traffic because when I would get off of like I remember doing my internship at USC I mean I live 13 miles away it's literally like like a three minute drive to the freeway I get on the freeway and the freeway exit like in downtown LA is like boom I'm at SC 13 miles but it would take me like if I don't leave before 6 a.m it'll take me like an hour and 15 minutes what just to travel that distance so that's dude that's nuts that's a, that was a pain in the butt, but I mean, lucky for me, I mean, I, I always woke up early for that internship, uh, like 4.30 in the morning, yeah. uh, just because, you know, I would go in, you know, meet with the staff, get a lift in with the staff. I mean, everybody like, plus football lifts like super early, like football was like 6 a.m. So you had to be in early, like yeah. regardless, but so I was used to that, but just like leaving home just sucked. Like it, it sucked because mm-hmm. like after that internship, like uh, I would be there like for 12 hours a day, you know, 14 sometimes. Yeah. And then I would go like do a part-time job. Like I, I was um, kind of like a locker room attendant slash, you know, whenever they wanted to, like I would kind of hop in as a personal trainer, um, right. but they didn't have any personal training hours, but it was at Disney club. It was at the Walt Disney studio in Burbank. Oh, that's cool. So it was kind of cool to like, was be- that your first internship at USC? No, man. Like, I have friends that like teased me. Yeah. They would call me like the king of internships. Cause like <laughs> I did so many, but yeah. like, you know, it's just, I saw it as every opportunity, every place as a learning opportunity. Like, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it was always a plus side, but I'll, I'll admit at one point I was just like, okay, like I need to get like paid or even if it's a paid internship. So that's kind of, um, you know, it was a, a not like a learning curve, like, um, it was a, a learning process because I kind of like wanted to evaluate how I uh, went about my internships and my development and my networking process. Because mm-hmm. I'll admit that like when, and I'll be blunt, I mean, when I was in undergrad, I did an Exos internship and I thought like during my undergrad and when I finished my, that internship, I still had like my last semester of my undergrad. I thought that's all I needed. Yeah. Just internship, but obviously I needed more. So I did it at a couple of other places. And I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to speak ill of these places because I mean, it was a pretty poorly <laughs> developed uh, in, uh, um, SNC intern program, but yeah. um, I wasn't really wise of me to kind of, you know, be at those places. Cause you know, I really was just the guy that would just clean the weight room and yep. no development. So there was no networking opportunity. Didn't so, feel like you were honing in on some coaches. Yeah. So or, I'm, I yeah. essentially wasted like, almost uh like eight months uh you know and i was traveling like 90 miles for this internship 
I like, it was like from, you know, where I lived around Pastina going all the way to Ventura County. Yeah. So that's 90 miles there. And imagine the 90 miles back just to, you know, oh work gosh. a combine internship. Um, it was a waste of my time, man. And like, I got jerked around a bit, like I would be promised jobs, but you know what? It's a learning opportunity. Like, Definitely. Uh, again, it like, it taught me like my value, um, uh, as you know, as a coach and how I can, you know, use that at another facility, uh, who would uh, value me? Like it just, it was, again, it was a hard lesson that needed to be done because as yeah. soon as that happened, I knew the next place I had to intern, like had to be a smart choice for my career and for my uh, education, which mm-hmm. then, you know, I came into Cal State Northridge uh, where, I mean, I did my undergrad, did a uh, an internship there for literally, I was an intern for like less than a month because the guy had left and now um, to go uh, be a head director at another, uh, at a prep school. And I was going to go with him because I wanted to learn like, Hey, look, I want to learn. But he told me, look, stick around. They might make you an assistant. And sure enough, they made me an assistant because I was the only guy with the CSCS. So I was like, dude, boom, I made it like, you know, again, another mistake I did. Like that was uh, uh, that like, I thought again, I made it. I don't, I don't got to do anything else. And, but it was a learning curve as well because nobody taught me how to like talk to sport coaches. Yeah. Nobody taught me how to like, just, yeah. Like how to do the back end stuff, like, like uh, the school, whatever, NSCA, CSCS preps you for like the programming and all like that sure, stuff. Sure. Like practical side, putting it together, like talking to coaches, administration, dude, I had to learn. And I like, I failed a lot at that school. I mean, it was, yeah. I learned a lot, but I failed a lot. So, but even then that set me up for like, like I was still getting paid and I had to make that decision. I'm like, look, like I obviously still need to learn. So I left that paid position to go then intern at USC. At which, USC. I mean, I like never regret that decision because USC like made me the coach I am today. It set the foundation I needed. Uh, I mean, I learned from all 11 coaches on staff. Like, I mean, they're a fully funded staff. So learned from everyone from Ivan, who was the head strength cook for football at the time. Now it's Seattle Seahawks. Uh, (laughs) So Tim Ojeda, like I learned a lot from Darian Pike, like Josh Heidegger, like Keith Belton. I mean, like I owe it to a lot of those coaches for like giving me the proper education and foundation to let me like reinvent myself and educate myself as a coach. And then from then on, I like, I got a shot at the Olympic training center, short term contract from there. And then that led me to rugby and then led me to the Phillies. And then it finally led me back home to the galaxy. And then at COVID hit and you know, it all, everything happens for a reason. It opened up the doors for me to work with us soccer and then, uh, and with the union here in Philly. Hell yeah, man. No, I mean, it's a, it's a hell of a good story. I know you got more to it coming up too. It's not over, but I, I think something that you said uh, rung a bell with me and you're talking about like that back end stuff. Um, you know, I think there are plenty of coaches out there that can program and, and they can coach really well, but you're right. Like it's, it's that back end stuff, the administrative stuff, being organized, uh, being able to, communicate effectively with sports specific coaches and with athletes, or maybe if you're in a high school academy setting with parents too. Right. Yeah. Um, And that's something that like, I can admit right now that this year especially has, has been like, all right, I really need to focus on the administrative part, um, you know, keeping things organized. So I think, I think that's such a huge point. Um, And I think 
you know, being honest with yourself about it is that first step, like you said, and that's exactly what you did. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it, it, it's unfortunate, you know, COVID happened and we, you know, we, a lot of us lost jobs. I mean, I lost my job. I was laid off um, just because, you know, budget cuts, uh, but it gave me the opportunity to like, all right, like, what am I weak at? What do I suck at? How can I get better at? I didn't, it gave me an opportunity to network with other people that like, uh, within like, you know, our field um, in MLS, I'm like, you know, one, obviously like, yes, I'm looking for a job, but like, what can I do to learn from you? Like, that's something that I learned from SC from like, from Ivan, like, cause he would tell me, look, the first thing like I hate is like when I get these like fluttered emails from coaches, strength coaches, like, yo, you need me. I, I, I can be your assistant, hire me, blah, blah, blah. And they kind of whip out their, the resume and they're just like boom hire me and like Ivan's like no man like what happened to us just just having conversation and just talking shop like yeah you get let me get to know you so like that's you know it kind of reinvented the way how I approached people I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask 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 like look I want to get to know you like like let me buy a cup of coffee uh even if we can't be like uh like me in person like let me shoot you five bucks like the venue five bucks you'll get a cup of coffee for your time so uh, <laughs> it, that's kind of how i approach everything like how i network with people like you know like i just generally want to learn and like you know like it'll happen like you know like you know if a job opportunity comes it'll happen um you just first pe- people just have to know you like first and yeah. so and that's and i, and I get it it's tough because we, we you know we're living in a pandemic and COVID, and it's just like people need a jobs now yeah. you gotta put food on the table um, but you know, like it, it'll happen. I mean, everything happens for a reason. I mean, you know, me and my girlfriend, my family, we believe in God and we know that he has a plan for us. And so, I mean, he had a plan for me that like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't done yet. And I had to like, I was done in like, at least in the, you know, the youth soccer setting, which I really liked. And just, you know, he gave me a sign. You, you got to go to Philly. So yeah, I guess. Um, why I'm here. City of brotherly love. He was sending you to the, sending you down there, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, I, no, I, I think, I think you're so right about that. Um, I think too, that, uh, especially for, for younger coaches, uh, we are like living in this one, we're living in this pandemic world. Right. But we're also living in this world where we usually get things like, like that. Right. We have mm-hmm. two day prime shipping. We have, you know, what, like DoorDash, you can get everything immediately. Oh, yeah. People are sending you likes on Instagram. So I think, I think people are very jumpy right now too. They're like, yeah, yeah. I, need, I need a job. I need it right now. I don't need yeah, to build need myself right up. I just need a job. Yeah, like, that's again, I always refer to ev- almost every life lesson back to SC. Cause like, like that is one thing that uh, a mentor of mine there, like told me Keith Dalton, um, he was just like, you gotta enjoy the process. You gotta love the process. Yeah. Like stop worrying about the next step. Cause I was worried about, like at SC. I'm like, all right, my internship's going to end. I got to find something. And like, um, I mean, like, what am I going to do? And he's just like, dude, you got to just enjoy the process. You got to, you got to love it. And then sure enough, I got a shot at the Olympic training center. Like it was a, a pro, um, professional development internship. It was a six month contract paid, went there. I enjoyed it again, but towards, you know, falling back into my old ways, like, I'm like, oh man, I got to find a job because I was interviewing for a position uh, at the at the Olympic Training Center, but I knew I wanted to work in like in, in soccer or in any intermittent based sports. And like, like just 
again, I was worrying and then I had to kind of revert like back to what uh, Keith uh, told me was like, dude, enjoy the process. And again, learned to let go, yeah. opened up myself again. And then so they put me in connection with rugby and I'm like, why not a chance to work with them um, cool. at the time they were like number two in the world, uh, rugby, USA rugby seven, sevens. So, I mean, hell yeah, I get to go down to Chula as a Olympic training site work with them. Like quote unquote, they're like, you know, their sports scientists, like apprentice, like by all means. And that doing that, like led, opened up the doors for me for, to like one day, like work, you know, in MLS and, and soccer, because I needed that experience to work with like, you know, data analytics, GPSs. So again, and then from then on, I was like, dude, I'm just going to enjoy the process, man. Yeah. I went to Philly. Uh, I worked in, I lived in the Dominican for five months. And again, I, I wasn't worried towards the end. Like, look, if there, if, um, cause it was a short term emergency contract. Like if it happens, it happens. If they want me uh, to stay like, by all means, I'll do it. Like, I love this organization. I really enjoyed it, um, which they ended up extending my contract. But then I got a call from the galaxy and I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't pass that up. Like a chance to work with uh, in soccer uh, and most importantly in the city that I live in, like you can't like turn that down. So like, it was a sign from God, like I got to go. So yeah, again, took that chance. So at this point, like I kind of just stopped worrying, like yeah, letting, you know, like control what I can control in a sense. Right. Have you ever gone like, uh, like, like kayaking or canoeing before on a river? Oh man, a long time ago uh, yeah. when I was in the scouts, cause I'm an, uh, I was, I was in the boy scouts. Yeah. So I was an Eagle scout. And so like, I probably not since I was 18, yeah. like I know my girlfriend wants to go um, kayaking. Cause you know, the Delaware river is literally like our, in our backyard. Oh, yeah. No, there's some good like, places up there. Wants to do it. Um, we, I, uh, so maybe like, we'll see, like, I know yeah. her mom just got a kayak or a canoe and like, and it's, but like, so they do it back home now in LA. Um, so yeah. I know she wants to do it cause she's an outdoors uh, type of girl. And, um, when you're doing like nothing crazy, I mean, this will apply to some whitewater too, but, um, what they teach you is when, when you feel like you're going to tip, and you're like kind of like stuck in a rapid, they actually teach you to lean into it. And like, that's kind of like what it makes me think of like when you're talking about like people like going through their careers, it's like, yeah. instead of like turning the other way and freaking out, just like lean into it. Eventually you'll, you know, you'll end up downstream. I don't know. Yeah. It's just what I was thinking of, man. It's just what I was thinking yeah, of. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I don't hate that though. Yeah. You guys but, should uh, go. You guys should go paddling in the Delaware. That'd be a blast. No, yeah, that's that's definitely <laughs> something we we want to do. I mean, again, like it sucks that like a lot of stuff is like closed down. Yeah. Still, so I mean, because I mean, we're we're new to the city and we want to explore it, but like mm-hmm. just a lot of things are like still like closed down. Like I know Philly is has uh, a really known like kind of like farmer's market or a fish market or yep. like something like we we want to go to that but it's closed so we can't do that so again like the only thing we've been doing is like amazon fresh and like <laughs> uber eats and that's like i mean we're trying to cook at home uh like limit like you know eating out because there's a lot of food spots around us oh like, man it's a good city like, for food yeah yeah if we want like a good like um like burrito like we literally just walk down our stairs around the corner and then we like fight all our margaritas and we can just oh man that's like, dangerous it's dangerous dude like <laughs> so, like even though they're I'll, I'll, I'll be honest it's 
probably one of the best uh, burritos uh, I've had in a while, but yeah. it's like a $12 burrito. I'm like, oh no, like, like I'll probably, we'll probably have this once in a while, but we did have like three of them when we first got here. Cause yeah. we didn't want to cook or anything on our first week here. No, that's fair. You guys are moving the furniture around. You probably burned it off immediately. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, dude, burritos are expensive. I actually, when someone's talking about how much something costs, I usually say, oh, like, you know, that would have been like three burritos or something like that. So it was like Chipotle burrito, seven bucks, hopefully. It depends if you get guac or not. It's $21. Oh, it's three burritos. I mean. It's so funny. I, I literally equate a lot of my stuff like that. Like, yeah. uh, to my girlfriend, she hates that. Like, uh, <laughs> for example, like, um, so say, um, Oh God, like if like, yeah, if, uh, if we lost money on something and I know that's kind of bad to say, like I'm yeah. trying to give an example, like say like if we lost like $5, like on the floor and I'd be like, oh, that's right. Maybe, you know, somebody picked it up and then like treated themselves to it, like a nice cup of coffee or something like that. Yeah. Or she'd be like, oh damn, like this and this, like, like, um, I need to give this up. I'm like, man, that's like three Starbucks. Like, like I literally equate everything <laughs> like Starbucks currencies, yeah. a, a, a cup of coffee, or just like, like a dollar menu off of like fast food stuff, like just to kind of like feel good about ourselves that we like lost on something, but that's, that's terrible financial thinking. And that's something I should really stop doing. I don't know. I'll, I'm all about it. I wonder how many other people have like different currencies. Like I like the burrito currency, honestly, cause it's like, all right how many burritos like do i make an hour like that's a that's a realistic thing like yeah that's, that's to... funny like yeah <laughs> it's funny you say that because yeah i literally think like that yeah yeah i mean so if you make like dude, you make 36 an hour it's three burritos an hour you're doing pretty well <laughs> that's if anyone out there is making three burritos an hour you're doing okay for yourself that's, that's we'll funny. say that we'll yeah. say that uh, <laughs> At Chipotle burritos when I worked at Galaxy, um, because I would get off like at seven o'clock at night because the last session, and you know, Galaxy was sponsored by Chipotle, and so they would <laughs> always have Chipotle like in the players' lounge, like for us, like so. I was like, yes, I always knew it was a win. Like I didn't mind if like you know practice ended late, like we yeah. just go back to our locker room, take a shower, hop into the player lounge, and just walk home with like three, four like burritos, uh, oh, like. So that was, that was like such a win. That's so cool. I love that. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned like going to the Dominican, you work with like the Phillies, right? Yeah. Um, so something I did want to talk about too, is you did kind of go from this very upper body dominant sport where like you see a ton of, a ton of, you know, shoulder injuries mm-hmm. and upper extremity injuries down to this, like, pretty lower like dominant sport right with like especially in the academy and then you're working with like uh younger athletes who really need to develop like stuff like that so what have what have you seen kind of that overlaps between the two and what have you seen like differently yeah yeah um so it's funny because I was never really I'm not calling myself an expert but I feel like a lot of us tend to kind of uh, give more love to lower body stuff, uh, lower body injury. Like oh, everybody claims to be like, like, you know, I mean, specialist. Yeah. Or like ankle yeah. and hip. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of people don't for like the upper body. We like, at least from my experience. Um, so me going into the Phillies, like I wasn't a bit intimidated because there were certain protocols like of like arm care that we do um, where we do. So it was like important for me to kind of brush up on my research but also like speak with a lot of our athletic trainers, our physical therapists there on staff and just 
really picked their brain and the um and it was yeah great experience learned um learned a lot from that kind of sport and then how i can kind of you know in a way translate that or use that information when i ever go back into soccer which funny i i kind of did in a bit because at least um now in the soccer setting you know with me with um with my kids uh I feel that a lot of times we tend to not give a lot of love and attention to our goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. So again, I mean, yeah, soccer is like predominantly, you know, lower body dominant sport, but I mean, you look at the goalkeepers, like um, they use their arms a lot. They fall on their shoulders a lot. They, so, and with my last club, like doing a lot of like movement assessments with our goalkeepers, a lot of these kids were, our goalkeepers are weak upper body. I mean, so when they had a lot of uh, winged scaps, um, serratus anterior, uh, like really underdeveloped. So I used what I learned from the Phillies, like, you know, developing like, you know, shoulder care and implementing it for our goalkeepers. Cause I thought it was just important. Um, you know, uh, saw some results, but like, again, like I, I credit like that weird trajectory that I had in my career where I was like, like, Oh, I went baseball, soccer, like just, but like I took a part, like, yeah, like we just said, learn something from a predominantly upper, upper body dominant sport yeah. and apply it to uh, a lower body. And then you had rugby in there too to kind of. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah, got the rugby. Like, I remember, like, like for practice, we had like combat lessons. Like we would bring out like MMA guys. Oh my God. <laughs> so I thought that was a, like a trip. Like, again, I mean, like uh, I have yet to use any of that. Like, in, of course, in soccer, because you're not going to see this kid like doing MMA on another athlete. But like, I thought uh, I, was, I actually have a soccer story about that, but you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, I, I haven't seen that. But like, again, it was kind of cool to kind of, you know, see that like another sport with like another sport within another sport and learn it. And like, who knows? I may like use that kind of knowledge someday. Um, but yeah, like, uh, it's crazy. So me, I'm going from such a multi-discipline sport areas because at the Olympic Training Center, we had yet yeah, predominantly strength and power-based uh, athletes. Mm-hmm. We had like um, we had swimming, diving, uh, wrestling, uh, judo, uh, triathlon, cycling, like um, and then occasional so winter athletes like bobsled, skeleton. Um, so just, it was kind of cool to be exposed to all those types of like athletes. But for me, the biggest learning experience there was working with the Paralympic athletes. So mm-hmm. working with athletes that were like visually impaired, yeah. um, working with athletes that were, uh, unilaterally, bilaterally, uh, below the knee, above the knee amputees. Like, how do you program for that? Like, like for them, you got, what kind of modifications you got to create for them or for the, the visual, uh, visually impaired athletes, like how are you, how are you going to coach them? Like your verbal cues have to be on point. Like, again, I mean, you could use tactical, but again, like it's best that, you know, especially when you're working with female athletes, you don't want to touch. uh, You want to like, you know, either like, you know, use kind of visual or like um, verbal, but again, like now you're taking away pretty much two of your coaching ways, you know, the, the visual, the verbal, um, I know I'm sorry, the visual and the tactile. So now you go verbal. So they have to be on point. So that's one thing I learned there, like working with those, with that, with that group of athlete and with the coaches there, like I, again, credit to Sam Gardner. I learned a lot. He's kind of like in charge of the the Paralympic SNC side, learned a lot about how to, yeah, how to coach a different breed of athlete. And again, how to get better. Cause 
I, I will say, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I went off on a tangent on that one. No, no, you're good, man. Keep going. I was guilty as a, as a starting coach that I would be up in athletes' face. Like I would be kind of like a personal trainer. I'd be up in there. Uh, and their face, um, you know, and I would be kind of in a way the raw, raw guy because me coming from SC working with football, I got to be loud and motivational. So it's funny when I first got there, I'd be like, yeah, come on, yeah, one more rep. And I, I was just like that. And then uh, and one coach came out to me, he's like, dude, you don't got to be like that. Like, you know, like, I love the ambition, but like, take it down a notch, man. You're not in football anymore. Like, like, you don't have to motivate these athletes here. Like, I mean, yeah, you, in a way, sometimes it's nice and you do, they, they like it, but like, you don't have to go the 120%, like in the college setting, because at the end of the day, these guys um, and, and girls know what they have to do to get to the Olympics, to get to the next level, to become from tier C to B to A, like it's their own motivation. Like they have to be, they have to want it. So I was like, in a way, I was like, thank God, I was kind of tired. But again, learn a lot about myself. I'm not that type of coach. Yeah. I'm not that raw, raw, like, yeah, I can kind of get, I can pump up my athletes. But like, it was just, again, I learned that's not who I was. And that's not where the value come, comes from yeah, as a and, coach and either. It's not. So then it was one thing I learned to coach from afar. I learned that from Brandon Cycle, who was the the head strength coach for USA figure skating. Like he told me like, look, you're coaching. If you're coaching my athletes, coaching anyone here, do it from afar. Like learn to coach from afar, learn to command from afar. And I, he learned that style of coaching um, at Michigan, at uh, uh, Michigan State. And so brought that kind of instilled it in me. And that's kind of like how now I developed a lot of my coaching style. Like I'm not up in their face. Like, you know, maybe if I'm working one-on-one with them, but if I have a group of athletes, I like to command afar, like to see everything like at a big overview, project my voice uh, so they can hear me, like be the leader in the room. So that's kind mm-hmm. of like, yeah, again, the Olympic Training Center there started to develop more now who I want to be as a coach, like my own style and like in a way my own philosophy. Yeah, I, I think that's really important because I think that sometimes coaches value even themselves based on if they can hear their voice, if that makes sense. And I think, unfortunately, people looking to hire other people value people that way, too. It's like, oh, is that guy, like, going to keep my athletes accountable? And, you know, some sometimes maybe being the loud guy will keep someone accountable, but I think that's a good point, too, that, you know, coaching from afar it really gives the athlete a little bit more autonomy, too. It's like, yeah, yeah, like this is your training session. Like, I'm here. I'm right here if you need me, but – you know, you need to take, take the steering wheel on this thing. Yeah. yeah, Like, Oh, definitely. Um, and that's something that I learned at the Olympic training center because working under um, like coach Sam Gardner, like he kind of, excuse me, I'm drinking a bubbly. I just kind of like burped, <laughs> deep burp right there. So I apologize. You're good, uh, man. If you're going to burp though, it needs to be a little bit better. Honestly. <laughs> trying to keep it uh, low key, but yeah. Anyway, so just going, uh, like back at the Olympic training center, that's something that I learned from Sam Gardner that was, how he programmed uh, his um, his strength box like in a three week cycle, like and but it was a teaching like cycle. So which I I use it a lot today. Like if I'm uh, in the academy, like how I program my stuff. So week one we teach them. We're like hands on. We're like think of, we. It's like seventy percent us, thirty percent them. Week two uh, is refinement. 
So then we kind of back off, let them like play around with, like let them discover. And then um, that would give them, you know, autonomy. And then, you know, week three, you know, master it. So now you're kind of, you're backing off. You're just giving coaches cues here and there, supervising them, but like let them explore and like let them have ownership. And then you change the cycle like for the next week. So that's kind of how I've been programming um, when I came into the academy setting, kids that, you know, unfamiliar with weight training, uh, strength training, um, so, you know, hitting through peak high velocity, that adolescent awkwardness, trying to understand their bodies, like, that's how I approach, like, uh, progress them uh, through complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's worked well, because at the end of the day, I mean, like, yeah, I'm going to load them up as they become more proficient. I'm not going to load them up when they're, like, look like baby giraffes, like, so it's, <laughs> Yeah, like I teach them the fundamentals and let them play around with it. And then, you know, when we get to under 15s, late under 15s, under 17s, then, hey, like, let's load you up. Let's, 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 let's go after it. Like, and then in a way, yeah, it makes them love uh, strength training because that's kind of a lot of the feedback I've, I've gotten throughout like soccer is a lot of these guys don't like the weight room. A lot of soccer players don't like the weight room. They don't like it. They don't like being sore. But again, it's the education component. Um, just t- having conversations with them. And yeah, that's ultimately, yeah, how I kind of approach it, building that buy-in with them, like getting them to love the weight room because at the end of the day, like the weight room is there as supplement to, you know, better their careers, keep them, have a healthy body. And that's what I've tried to get the guys to buy in. But for the most part, I mean, here at the union, the guys love like the weight room. I mean, you know, it just maybe because also we have a really nice facility, um, we got like squat racks, bumper plates. We have a gymnastics floor. Like we have a literally a Damn. good, the best weight room I think that I've ever been in for long-term athletic development. Like that's just, so, I mean, the, that's their domain. Like, you don't like a lot of like high schools and college, college settings don't really have that kind of weight room. So yeah. that's kind of awesome for us to, to really have. That's so cool. I, I, I've never heard of someone you're almost like microcycling how much you have them on a leash kind of. Yeah. That is, that is, I've never heard that. That's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think that's smart. That actually, I have a question here. It was going to actually talk about how uh, you, you kind of hit everything I was going to ask you. I was going to ask pretty much how you create buy-in with a sport that doesn't typically enjoy weight training. And yeah. I think that whatever you want to call it, that microcycling of autonomy is, that that just gives them buy-in. Like you don't you don't need to sell them anything. They're selling it to themselves, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, it, it, it's unfortunate right now that a lot of it, um, it's the ownership on them. I mean, I'm I'm new, so like so a lot of the kids, you know, they they already kind of know my name, but maybe the the younger ones, like you know, they kind of like you know they they forget. They call me go by coach because it's like by default. If you don't know somebody, like I oh, just call him coach. That's just because again, like I started and like in the midst isn't that of- weird? We we thought we were getting away with that when we were younger. Like yeah. I, I, thought, I thought I was smooth when I was younger doing that. Oh hey coach, like you forgot. Yeah, like it's this and it's funny. It's kind of and then like you know it works its way around. But yeah, like um, and I get it because like i mean we're in a pandemic so like you know i i literally came in when like worked with one week with them and then we kind of got shut down because of the vaccine distribution here in 
in uh, Pennsylvania. And so we all kind of like, you know, had to go back home. And so I only got a good week to like, for them to see my face. Even then it's hard to see my face. Cause everybody, like all you see is eyes. Yeah. It's crazy. So like, I'm like, dang, I got to know 99 kids. And all I see is eyes in I'm sadly, even the coaches, like, like, which is going to be easier for me because it's less of them. But like, again, all you see is eyes. So it's, it's funny. The only time we get to see faces is when we're on zoom calls. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember meeting our athletes for the first time this year and I was straight up with them. I was like, honestly, I'm going to remember your name in maybe four weeks. Yeah. I'm gonna, I, like I'm going to start, I have to remember your eyes, not your face. Exactly what you said. It's tough, man, too. Um, and no one, no one, for whatever reason, our brains are not good at figuring out what people look like without a mask on. Yeah, it's that, uh, it's, that's true. Yeah. Like, so like, I, like, it, it sucks. So sometimes I'll be like, Hey, what's up? Or I just kind of like give a very uh, ambitious hello to make it seem like I do know your face, but like, right. but I mean, Hey, we're all guilty of it. And, and like, uh, but I, I'm trying my best to kind of get everyone's names. Like for the most part, um, um, on on the chat rooms with I have with the kids, because um, uh, it's like Slack, so that's the name of the chat room. So we yeah. like we talk to all the teams. They all have their photos, which is nice. Like, which yeah. is nice. And like, all right, cool. Like, um, it's funny. Like, I don't have like a photo yet of like of uh, a pro shot of the or whatever, like a professional photo of like me with my Philly gear. So I just just to know that hey, coach can lift. I put uh, a picture of me cleaning like one fifty five, like in mid action. I'm like, yeah. oh this is our coach like, like <laughs> just like cleaning this i'm like yeah with the, the american flag because it was like the uh, me at the olympic training center let's go and i was like oh shoot that's our coach dude that can uh that can lift weights on my side just gotta throw it out there because it's funny like that's how i kind of built buy-in uh with um in the phillies in the dominican republic and again it's uh, a mix of of guys who are scared to lift weights because they don't want to hurt upper body. Like they don't like, yeah. They, yeah, they would, it's funny now working backwards, they would hit legs, but they don't want to hit upper body, especially our pitchers. Right. Um, and also and it's the Latin culture where like they're, um, they don't really value strength training. So, and me coming in, like, you know, um, I speak Spanish, but like I'm not the best Spanish because the Dominican Spanish, you know, what Mexican Spanish like I'm just gonna classify like that it's the dialect is like it's a little bit different okay. um it's very fast it's slang so then like a lot of times when I have conversations with them like and then they talk back to me like I can't understand them because they 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 uh their L's are R's and like it's just like and I'm like what and then they get mad at me I'm like oh I thought you spoke Spanish I'm like I do so like a way for me to build by and it's just like they would like walk into the weight room early morning i would get there early you know like work get get a little bit of lift in do some clean some snatches and they're like oh shit this is our coach i'm like hey what's up guys like let's let's get this lift going put on some reggaeton music and just like and they'll be like oh okay and then got them to enjoy the weight room a little bit so like and they liked it enough that you know even with when they missed the lift because they had to do skill training or or such or they had school stuff like after the game they would come in to lift and nobody wants to do that like right. like i wouldn't want to do that you're you're playing baseball for three hours in the hot dominican sun right. and like the last thing you want to do is go lift weights because you got it like it's, it's in the plan you can't skip your workout so they would still come in they would still come in and just like you know throw on some music and like and like that was my way of buying in with those kids and like um which was great because again like these kids um they wanted to, yeah some of them wanted to learn some of them didn't but like you know it's yeah like 
yeah, I, I miss, yeah, I miss the DR. I miss those kids a lot because like they had a lot of potential. I mean, they have, and they, I mean, they're trying to work hard because they, they have, you feed their families. A lot yeah. of them are like married. They're like, one kid was like 15 and then he had a ring on. And I was like, I like asked him, are you married? And he's like, yeah. Like, he's like, aren't you? Like, and I'm like, no. And then like, just, <laughs> don't you have a girlfriend? Or like, don't you have like a wife? And I'm like, I was like, yeah. Like, he's like, how long have you been together? Like, oh, five years. And, and you're not married? I'm like, no. Like, just, and uh, I would- Very different I, culture, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, interesting man yeah i mean they're they're trying to make it big time right all those yeah, guys out they there have a long way to go because i think that's like seven tiers yeah. like going from like you know dr uh summer league to rookie ball to like short a and then triple double like there's it's just a long way up and i mean i don't know the stats but it's just like it's a very low percentage of them that actually yeah. make it to the top so if anything, the best thing we can do, especially in the DR, is just give them an education. Like, because right. hey, look, baseball doesn't work out. Look, you have a high school education. Now you can do something with it. Like, right. that's one thing that I liked about the system then that the Phillies did. It's just, I mean, yeah, like the days were long for the kids. Like, you know, wake up. I mean, the first thing they got to do is like hit weights with me, like at like five thirty. <laughs> yeah, like they come in slumping in, but like. I get them pumped and going. We then go out to warm up and then they go to their skills training. Then we have games at 10 o'clock. One would play at home. One would play away. And we, um, and you know, the baseball and the Dominican is very long because you know, the, the, the skill and the, um, the, the, the talent is there and raw talent, but it's not refined. refined, There's a lot of errors. So, what, like you, you think a baseball game a pro baseball game is long like two hours to three hours no it's like it can go five hours oh my gosh so imagine me i'm sitting there in the dugout with them on me like um it's hot and just like they can drag but you know what these kids they get pumped like they'll start banging on um on the cooler drums making music being loud i mean it's just funny they just this was their like life this was yeah. their sport i enjoyed it you know like, even if we were there in the hot like 100 degree weather and just playing baseball like and then we would get back um probably one eat lunch and then they have to go to school they have like two hours three hours of school and their day is done like at five o'clock and then they can do whatever they want they can play video games uh in the in the campus uh go eat uh on the campus and then you know we go to sleep we cut the wi-fi at 10 o'clock so they're not like playing Fortnite and like to like the the like we 12 hours, yeah. um and we did, so, the, we did the same thing when i was working at prep school we would cut the wi-fi yeah hours. so yeah. like i thought that was the best thing but it, i mean like they still got like their cell service but i mean hey like at least they can't get on like the playstation because they were all about fortnite yeah. and so yeah they like they just go to bed and then you know repeat do that um monday through saturday dude wow. for, for months and like and you, we only get like probably like two weeks off, like, you know, in between, you know, from like the in season to then like go home, be with your family, and then come back for instructs, uh, go home for, go back home for another week and then come back for like strength camp, like off season strength camp. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like it's just a long season, but I, I, I enjoyed it. Like I really do miss those kids there. And I, like, it was sad, like my last day to go. Cause it was almost like business as usual. Yeah. And then get a lift in work, uh, work with the kids and it was like all right let's back to my stuff and like the the taxi was already there for me to take me to the to the um 
to the airport. So it was nice of them for all the kids there. Like they signed uh, a baseball and, um, Oh, that's I awesome. LA. I think it's back at my parents' oh, house. I'm, I'm sure they miss you too, man. It, yeah, it sounds so like, like you gave a lot of value to them. them. Like, yeah, they, they still hit me back up asking how I'm doing. Um, a lot of them have moved on. Um, you know, they're no longer in baseball. Some have actually uh, got traded to another organization. Some actually moving on up. And man, that makes me happy. Like just to see them like actually move up them. Like some of them were actually really scared to move up because they're going to another country. They don't, they don't know the language perfect yet. Um, They don't, they don't have their family. So it can be intimidating. So one of them, um, they got traded, went to Arizona. I think they were with the Brewers. And then another one is like, you know, they went out to, you know, Florida to Clearwater and just, uh, they would message me and ask me like information, like, like, how do, like, what do I do? Who, where do I go? Where do I go for food? I'm like, you can get food at the, uh, on the campus, but like, well, like, yeah, but like, how do I like, how do I function? And so how do I pay for it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I mean, they, 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 uh, they have like their money, they can pay for it, but like, yeah. they just, like don't know the customs. Cause like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like how, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Does, does, is Philly the only organization that has them also go to school at the same time? You know, a lot of us, yeah, they, they do that. Yeah, they, they yeah. offer them. Um, so, which is awesome. I, That's I, really great, yeah. I, I want to say, yeah, all of them, because I the Pirates had a really nice facility. Um, I want to say it's second to us, because <laughs> the Phillies had, a, like, a really nice facility. And um, yeah. uh, who else? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm going to take that back, Rangers. Uh, <laughs> their facility was unbelievable it was brand new because before them the phillies is a facility was the brand new um you know uh complex like you know weight room but now yeah. the rangers have like they actually have sornex they got like they're what? rocking sornex i mean we still like we're rocking like some of the old stuff we had rogue bumper plates and it, like some of the, that stuff it's it's doable squat rack squat rack but i mean man they got the sornex like, they were like rolling deep like damn man i mean they, they had the funds to fun like i believe five american strength coaches which was which is awesome for me in the phillies it was just me and then two other strength coaches dominican strength coaches so I mean, I mean, it was doable because I mean, we had a good system to to run 110 kids in the academy. But uh, yeah, it was it was doable. That's sweet, man. Hell yeah! I mean, that sounds like a hell of an experience. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. Um, before we go, I do have to ask you one very important question since you're yeah. down there. So far, what has been your favorite cheesesteak location? oh i'm such a noob and and you get it with you're gonna hate me for this so <laughs> the first one was gino's okay uh, and i have not gone to a single one yet um so i mean i'm you're in a relationship right yep yeah, so you know, if you can't eat at another place, you got to take your girl with you. So right. my girl was like, we'll go to Gino's because that's what we know right now. And right now she's kind of burnt out on Gino's. So that means we're going to cheese. How many times are you guys going to Gino's? Like, we, we went like three times. I <laughs> we actually, when we went back home for the holidays, we yeah. bought a bunch of Gino's uh, cheesesteaks and just took them home for our family. My dad crushed two cheesesteaks like in a, in like in a sitting because he just loved it. Oh my it. God. But um, but yeah, I think you know if she's burnt out on the cheesesteak, that means I have, I'm burnt out on the cheesesteak. Yeah, I know she's probably hearing me. She's like, huh? 
like i want a cheese stick talking, talking smack i'm like no it's just <laughs> no we, we haven't yet um i i believe there's an uh, there's a place that i, I want to go to I, somebody recommended me um i mean if you have recommendations like by all means i'm down but the, the only thing i've gone is um is uh just provolone and just i kept okay. it simple Actually, I think I got cheese whiz on one time. And okay. I, yeah, it was good. I, I liked it. Yeah. Um, it's not for everyone. You got to try it once, though. You yeah, try yeah, it yeah. So I once. definitely want to try it. Like, yeah, I liked it. Um, But, I mean, Gino's isn't meaty. It's, like, not big. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing, like, Yelp in some, um, some places. It's, like, massive. Like, you can't even close it. So, that's, like, definitely something uh, that I want. Oh, that was, that was her. She, she, she just popped in. She's like, Is she in? like talking smack that like, uh, I, heard, just, I heard you're done with cheesesteaks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean, that's, I definitely need to, to try. Yeah, um, man, you should. Um, I think we've, yeah, we've, we went to Gino's before. Um, I think we went to Pat's as well though. Yeah. I heard about Pat's. Yeah. Pat's is another big one, but I think our favorite was Sonny's. Uh, I haven't heard about that, but I'll definitely give that a take. Sonny's a look. Um, yeah, we like Sonny's a lot, but dude, you should uh, you could you could get a good like cheesesteak review going on your Instagram. That could be another side hustle. We'll get, <laughs> know, you, some, right? we'll get you some T-shirts like Walter's cheesesteaks. That no, has a good ring that, to it. That that would be awesome. That definitely would. I oh, mean, man. yeah, like uh, it's definitely want to try other spots because I know that yeah, everybody says there's a lot of food not just cheesesteaks, but other like great food spots. Um. I just, especially the neighborhood that I live in, I live in Fishtown. So my yeah. coworkers teasing me that I chose like the most trendiest like neighborhood. Yeah, the hipster town, right? The hipster, they literally, but it's funny. They say that because that was, this was the first neighborhood that they, uh, that they uh, uh, lived in when they first like moved into Philly. So okay. both, like every coach goes like starts off like one year in Fishtown, but I like it. I mean, like this is yeah. the closest I've ever had to city living because back in LA, like, I mean, I say LA, but I live more somewhat in the suburbs. Like, I mean, LA was always like a 10 minute drive, mm-hmm. but I mean, it was just everything, but that's the thing. Everything is expanded. Uh, even in LA, I want to say like, everything is just like expanded and far apart. Cause when m- my girlfriend's family's from Chicago. So when we go to Chicago, like I like that everything is a walking distance. So everything has a high walking score. So you can go to like, you can walk to everything. So here is a high walking score. So like, that's a, like, I literally can walk to anywhere. So it's kind of nice. You really don't have that like in really? LA like, spread apart. I didn't know anyone even used the walking score. I saw that the other day. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, <laughs> that's, that was just me like researching, like before I came in, like, is me or just trying to do my due diligence because like i yeah. mean what is that like a zillow is that like a zillow thing you got the walk yeah, we went on zillow like that was <laughs> that's how we approached like us because it's, it's just funny like that's how we try to do our research uh, yeah my girlfriend and i and uh and a big thing is just also for her for grad school because she's actually um going for her grad uh for her master's in occupational therapy and oh that's awesome yeah. tell her to say congrats that's you oh, yeah thank you i will yeah. uh so like this really has like seven schools like itself with programs so i mean like good so schools here, too we're like a mile away from like yeah every university so and it was kind of nice that like yeah this is where i, I don't mind a, a little bit of a longer drive to work to go to wayne um but i mean because at the end of the day like also i i mean i lived my whole life in the suburbs so it'd just be nice to like kind of like live in the city for a bit like get that experience yeah philly's like the perfect in between 
Yeah, that's how I, I literally see it. That's how I literally see it. It's like an, a nice in between. It's not quite. It's yeah. It's like a. I personally, I think it's like a bigger Boston, but it's not quite as intimidating as New York. That, you know, I've, that you're like the third person I, uh, I heard say that. Like it's like it's like Boston, but it's like a little bit bigger. I mean, so it's like a good in between. Like, yeah, it's tame. It's not yeah. like you don't have a bunch of people like brushing against your shoulders. It's just no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. and it's clean too. I gotta say, it's pretty clean down there. Yeah, like right, our neighborhood's actually yeah, it's it's clean. It's getting renovated. Like I, there's yeah, there's quite a few construction. Um, but they're tearing down old buildings, uh, old rundown like Seven uh, Elevens, and just putting like um, like nice apartments. So it's it's a it's a progressive neighborhood. So that's it's kind of nice yeah. to see that. Yeah, that is nice to see amongst everything else that's going on. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, man. Is there anything else like you want you want to end on that you want people to hear? Um, I mean, you know, like, I guess the big takeaways just from like my talks, um, is just love the process, whatever you're at. Like if any, like, you know, new strength coach wants to give this a go, like who started their career, like just tell them like, you look, make smart decisions, reach out to places that, um, that's going to help you in your education, um, you know, and as well as your network that like like get to know the staff beforehand, you know, do a little bit of research and whatever spot you land on, if it's, uh, you know, even if it's like something new, like, like a new, whatever internship, just enjoy and love the process. Like um, don't worry about like, you know, what's going to happen after don't already start planning your exit. Like what do you got to do to get to your dream job? And like, it'll happen. Like you put in the work, love the process, enjoy it. Like, and it'll, it'll happen. I mean, like I learned, um, you know, the hard way. And then in between I lost my way and I had, um, a really good coach. It's funny. I had a lot of good people reach out to me and help me out. Like, yeah. like the list is long for like Dan Guzman from LAFC to Sam Gardner at the Olympic training. So I can name drop all I want. It's just, these were really awesome, genuinely humble people that just, want to help out the community and that's kind of what i want to do it's just like like if you have any questions like where to go like what to do how do i start this like like i'm scared like like what do i do my parents don't approve like um just reach out to me man like i like i've been in that that path and like i'm you know i want to pay it forward definitely how can uh how can people reach you right now yeah, they, they can reach me out. I want to see Twitter. Twitter's like, uh, unless they care about my Instagram, like they like want to, like look at like food pics and like dog Yeah, they face. want to see G- Gino's on there. I know like, Gino's yeah, they there. want to see like all that. Just me being like, uh, just fighting with my girlfriend. Like that's, oh, yeah, they can go on, we can go on, the, on the IG, which is Walter.Grandes. Um, and I think that's my IG name. And, or like Twitter, which is Walter, but underscore Grandes. Cool. Or on LinkedIn, they can just, just go ahead and find me. Um, yeah, like shoot me a, a, a DM and then we can kind of, yeah, start a conversation. Yeah, man. Um, thank you so, so much for coming on. I've, I've been excited to have you on for a while now. And um, I'm only appreciative. So I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Sam. Like, uh, um, I appreciate her having me on board. Um, it was it was fun. It's always nice, you know, just like let's sit down, like and just talk shop. So it was nice, man. It was uh, thank you for having me.